we're gonna we'll agree give, to disagree. We'll, we'll give a glorified pass to Cross County, but that's as far <laughs> as we go. That's as far as we go. Welcome back to another episode of Nerds Around. It's your boys, Law, Sebastian, and your boy Tone from across the hall. And today with us, we have our lovely brother from another mother. I've known him for way too long. My boy. Oh, hi. I'm Drew. <laughs> hi there. Hey, Drew. Uh, you know. What's going on, Drew? Today we are doing a creator series episode. Drew Sweet. is known throughout the cosplay and the nerd community for all of his many costumes, his creative endeavors, uh, Ghostbuster panels, and the like. And you mm-hmm. have recently started your own podcast. So we'll jump into all of that good fun stuff. All that very true. Thank you, Lawrence. <laughs> I, I, I just have a question for you, Drew. Go for it. Dead poo. Inspiration. What? Give me, you have to tell me the inspiration behind that. Come on. Okay. So for Antonio, since again, this is the first time we're really meeting. <laughs> it is. I've heard wonder. of the dead poo. Because okay, Sebastian, yeah. Sebastian has talked about it and raved about Deadpool a number right. of times. Sorry. Right. So <laughs> basically, I'll just give you the brief story. I'm trying to be brief now. So, Lawrence, you know, you don't have to die of shock underneath me. Um, oh, my gosh. Who, who is this person? Yeah. So essentially, Antonio, um, I've been going to conventions uh, since 2009. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've watched uh, the, the cosplay really expand and whatnot. And, of course, when you think of conventions, you always see Deadpools. And, uh, you know, Deadpools are great and whatnot, but usually they range from being very funny to absolutely obnoxious in the bad way, like really, really on your nerves. Um, but I've always really appreciated crossovers. And, um, you know, instead of spending money, I was like, okay, let me think about something I, I, that I have that I could do that could be creative and not kill my piggy bank. Um, because, you know, I'm like everyone here, I'm economically challenged. So, you know, uh, so one thing led to another and I was just, uh, I, I, I used to borrow my mother's uh, Winnie the Pooh costume for things. And uh, I did this crossover, uh, Dr. Pooh, which was a crossover of Dr. Who and Winnie the Pooh, which got a lot of hits. And um, I was like, wow, this, it was, it was great. Although I wore the costume in the summer, which I don't ever recommend. Oh. Basically, I, I thought... I was like, wait a second. And I, and I, I was dry. I remember this. I was driving back from someone and I was thinking of crossovers and then I was like Deadpool. And then I, I was like, wait a second, move the letter H Deadpool. And I'm like, okay. And the funny thing is that it actually had been a comic for a series of years that somebody had done, but no one had made it happen. And I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. And then that was 2015. I walk in, I'm the bell of the ball. It's like that scene in the movie where the ugly chick is suddenly gorgeous and everybody wants to sleep with her. It was <laughs> insane. So was, like, yeah. to, to give a perspective, I think that was the year that at least a good handful of my friends became like super notoriety, like cosplay famous. That yeah. say like everyone just had that one cosplay that popped off. So we exactly. had, um, our boy Steve, who had uh, he was Aquaman with with two left sharks, uh, where the where the left shark costume was like a big thing. It was you know, like when I say it was a big deal. Um, what, what was so Man Leo had mm-hmm. the Aquaman chain mail, like he hand made chain mail. Hand made a chain mail. 
and was Aquaman with two left sharks and was on, I think, what was it, Spencer's? If you were on Spencer's, then the yeah. other, he was on Hot Topic or something like that. Yeah, and yeah something like the Instagram that. page. So everyone was like, oh, this is amazing. Drew comes, and he's Deadpool. Deadpool. So, so essentially... Who, uh, to who also piggyback. got baptized uh, by, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stories. by the dead, dead Pope. Yeah, did, indeed. So dead don't worry. Deadpool dead Pope. Thank you, Lawrence. It was amazing. Yeah, thank you, Lawrence, for that, that <laughs> moving the timeline forward. So essentially, um, imagine just simple Deadpool mask. I'm in a full fuzzy poo suit. I've got two dual katanas on katanas on me, and I've got like fuzzy hands that are like it's it's penguin hands. So it's just like you know. So basically, I I, I I I can't do anything. I'm cursing someone. If I flip you off, it's the most adorable thing in the world. I'm just like, I'm like oh, hey, what's going on there? And they're like, thank, thank you, sir. And I'm like, and they can't even see. <laughs> they they just, see nothing. The, the funniest thing is I'm taking photo ops people because people have never seen this. So people are losing their mind. And the best is that there was a guy who was the Pope. And I was like, you know, being a former Catholic, this is amazing. So I was like, oh man, can you, and he, he I was like, your holiness, can you, can you give me some dap? And he, he blesses me. And I'm just like, all right, let's do something. Wasn't, like, wasn't he a Deadpool Pope? No, that was later on. We're, oh, we're getting, okay. They, I, I'm trying to be linear and he's, he's My the bad, old man. Because I, I, <laughs> yeah. do, I do remember. He's excited. I do remember there was sad. a Deadpool Pope and everyone lost their mind because it was Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. So basically I'm doing this whole thing and I'm taking photos with like everybody. And the funny thing is people didn't know it was me. I actually kept my mouth shut because apparently I'm on some Kevin Smith level. I can't do surprises. Like my, my, my girlfriend and Lawrence and other people are like, Drew, you, you can't do surprises because you get so excited that you want to tell the people what they're surprising and you're just so happy that you lose your damn mind and and you ruin the surprise when you just shut your goddamn mouth. You'll get that and they'll appreciate it. Um, but I actually kept my mouth shut. I only told five people. So that's big for me. Normally it's about 500. Um, so basically, Antonio, I'm like – one of the biggest things there. I'm on a bunch of stuff and I don't let it get to my head. I'm not like, you know, I'm the greatest thing since Warbler right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. <laughs> I'm Prada. I'm, I'm, I'm the new, I'm the new flash. Okay. Like screw Grant Wilson. I'm the new flash. I'm Wade Wilson. I'm, I'm the honeypot right now. Just printing that much money. Uh, so it's a big, it's a big thing. And then every year I bring it back um, I always just do the same thing, but I've started to expand it. So um, uh, the first year I had Hydra Piglet, which was Hydra Bob, uh, Deadpool's kind of sidekick, and Piglet combined. Nice, um, nice. And it's then good. the year after that, we had um, just something I came up with, which was Cablor. So that was Deadpool 2's coming out, so Cable was big. So I combined Eeyore with Cable, because oh, wow. I figured that, uh, you know, Cable's from the future. He knows all this crap of shit is going to happen. He's going to be depressed. You know, <laughs> hey, Listen, he's here. And uh, we've met a bunch of people. I've met um, I've met Fabian Nyesha. I'm sure I said his name wrong. Sorry, Fabian. He's, he's one of the co-creators of Deadpool. I met Jerry Dugan. He was one of the longest writers. I met a bunch of people who were just like, you're, you're fantastic. And I have like commissions and all this stuff. But the best thing, Antonio, because uh, Sebastian and Lawrence already know this, is I met Dead Pope, 
or a Pope pool or however you call him. I always thought of him as dead, uh, uh, dead Pope because I just think that's funnier. And um, he found me and I was like, you know, I was like, well, this is awesome. And he told me, he was like, you're the reason I did this. And I was like, what? I was like, and um, he saw the photo of me being blessed and he decided he was going to find Deadpool with Pope. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I take a photo and he blesses me. I was like, that's two for two. And I inspired fusion. Like, okay, this is gonna be a great day. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's kick life in the nuts. Let's go, let's go nuts. Um, yeah, man. So it's, it's been crazy. Like that, that is like my crowning accomplishment. If I decided to retire tomorrow on my cosplay tombstone, it'd be, he was dead, uh, dead poo. And I'm like, fine with that. So there are so many other costumes I'm better at, but that I'm like, okay. One move. <laughs> Weakness. You you recently um uh, right now you've put together a podcast on um, that you um are working on now. Um mm-hmm. give us a little bit more information on the podcast, how it came to be, what was the origins and all that. Oh absolutely. So uh the podcast is called Strange Little Worlds. I started it with a friend of mine, uh Danny George, who was uh, an old friend from um my years in SUNY Purchase in undergrad. And she posted on her Facebook that she was looking to start like a, some sort of true crimes podcast and I was looking for something to do because I have way clearly have way too much time in my hands if I'm creating things like dead poop and uh, I, I was looking to fill the time and you know she was we, we talked uh, we were reconnecting and I was like you know I'm my first love has always been Ghostbusters and I, I really am a big fan of supernatural uh, research paranormally I'm a big believer in that I again some kids get a you know, video games and toys, I always request ghost stories. So, you know, um, I, had, I, I had everything like, you know, career day, kids want to be a fireman, they want to be a police officer, an accountant, a, a genealogist. Uh, I was the only kid who said either one year I wanted to be a paleontologist and something. I was like, I was like, yeah, first grade, try spelling that big deal, man. Um, oh, uh, I'll tell you, I was, I was all about paleontology growing up. That exactly. Was like, that was like my go-to gig for a good right? while. <laughs> exactly. And everything you're like, I want to be Alan Grant. I just want to yeah, you know, dig up dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, it was, it was great. And then um, I was like, people were like, what do you want to be? I was like, I want to be a Ghostbuster. And like, you know, that's not real. I was like, I'm sorry. I tune into their adventures every Saturday morning. <laughs> we, we, uh, we relate to that, Drew, because I'll tell you, like me and my cousin, we hmm. had the proton packs. We had the firehouse. We had the Ecto-1. I had the Ecto-2 from the second Ghostbusters. I still movies. have all of that. In my family, we always bring down – I still have the firehouse from the, uh, the, the, the cartoon firehouse. It's always sick next to our Christmas tree. So, you know, it's a little mementos of Christmas past. But um, so basically, Antonio, um, one of the biggest things is I actually got to be a Ghostbuster. I actually uh, made my own prop, Proton Pack, um, which was my first real build. And it took me a year. Yeah, so I had, no, I had no experience doing this. Like the most I've ever built was like minimal props. So I'm building this, this complex thing. I have guides. I have experts, you know, all this stuff. And I'm building it. And there were a lot of frustrated nights, a lot of beer and a lot of drunken calls to BFFs, like, um, you know, Mr. Hat down there. And, <clears throat> and uh, you know, what was I thinking? I can't do this. Oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn it. Because it would be like he'd get, like, a good way through, and then something would, like, prevent him from, like, progressing, and he'd just get frustrated. Break. Or something would break. And he's just like, oh, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I, I think I'm, yeah. you know what? I think I'm going to let it go. I don't yeah. think it's worth it. And we're like, 
Drew, you're you're you've always wanted this. Like, just yeah. keep going for it. And so basically, I built that, and then I acquired other stuff because Mattel apparently decided we're going to do more than Barbie. So you know, we're going to do props. <laughs> and you know, I have the PKE, the little gizmo, the text the ghost. I had a ghost trap. You know, I bought a uniform, and you know. Um, that year, I was like to said to my mother, I was like, "You want a Christmas? You want a birthday present? If you could just sew on the patches for me, that would be great." And because she loves me, she's just, <laughs> you know. And then that Halloween, I think that was 2011. I suit up for the first time, and I'm I am dressed as well as I can. Oh, yeah, anything. And I I kid you not, man, I was more proud of that than I was getting grad school done in a year. Oh wow! So. You know, and I and I and we you went know. down to the station. We went to like our NYU. Oh, yeah. yeah, we went. Oh, we had a couple like uh, iconic spots from the movies, and and yeah. Drew gave us the oh, nice. you know the guide ghost of tour. the ghost tour essentially. Yeah, yeah, and it it was amazing. And that was before I was even ever suited up. Um, and it's been that was my first real costume. So you know, I'm lugging like a sixty like a. 40 to 60 pound proton pack because it's a mix of wood, metal, plastic on my back. So, you know, uh, it's like carrying a bolt. It's, it's, it's no joke. Like, yeah, it, it's I, heavy. When and I tell him, like, he should work out with that thing all the time because that thing yeah. is like a beast. Basically, it's like. Did it have electronics? Like, you did the whole nine? I had electronics. Oops. I just didn't have sound. So, like, okay. you know, I could switch it on. The thing looks boss. And I'm like, I'm carrying it around. Like, like, like my back feels like a woman who lifted up a car to get her kid. Like at the end of the day, I am in pain. I am dying. I'm I've just seen, him, I've seen him go like long stretches of convention to like, just not taking it off. And we're like, you, you should maybe just give your back a rest. Like take it off for a little bit. And he's like, nah, no, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Committed. Yo, that's his, his full, full workout for the uh, little three days of con. Yeah, it, it's just like, by then I'm like, I want food, I want drink, and I want a soft bed that I'm just going <laughs> to sink into like it's the the, the pit of never-ending despair from never-ending, sorry, I was like, just, just suck you in. Let me go, just let me go. <laughs> and it was crazy because, you know, I've, I've met a lot of celebrities from it, Antonio. I've met uh, Ernie Hudson, Winston Zedmore. Yep. That was my first, and, you know, it was, I... I damn near lost my mind. I met a few people from the animated series. So I met uh, Maurice LaMarche, who's a famous voice actor, you know, Pinky and the Brain. He's the Brain. He's done a lot of voices, but he did Egon in the cartoon. And then I also met, and I still can't believe this because it was, it was amazing. It was brief, but it was amazing. I met Frank Welker, who, as we all know, is the legendary voice actor. Like, uh, we would waste all the Zoom minutes just listing half of his credits. <laughs> but he did Ray and Slimer and a lot of the other voices. And I'm the best one, Lawrence was here for this, I met DMC from Run DMC, who I had signed my pack, because uh, they did a couple songs on the second movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I got photos with him, and he even got to wear it. Man. And he was like, oh shit, I never got to wear one of these when we were shooting the video and stuff. Um, and I have a photo with him, Very and it's still one of one of Lawrence's right, best memes. And I, Lawrence, I swear on my podcast, which I'm going to segue into back into a minute. Good. Um, yeah. I showed off that meme, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing!" Like it was, it was me and him. 
was holding the trap. Was, you know, yeah, he was, was doing me, his thing. Me, you. Well, the other year it was just me, you, and my nephew who went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, and Lawrence is just like snap. It was a trapping and unwrapping. It ain't always tricky. And I was just like, <laughs> this is the best meme ever. Like, so with the podcast, um, it's, it's it's currently on hiatus right now because of, due to COVID, it was a little difficult for me and my co-host to meet. Um, and and whatnot uh, we used to meet every month it's a uh, true crime supernatural stories we've okay. been going through the u.s uh we were basically went through all the boroughs of new york then we headed upstate so that means from the bronx past because that's what most people define upstate mm-hmm. now um and then we Listen, were going Drew, mm-hmm. you know that it is upstate it is upstate. let's just, let's just call, it, uh, let's call it what it is the minute it says good you're leaving the bronx you're now yeah, upstate, you're upstate. <laughs> okay <laughs> Guys, we're gonna we'll agree give, disagree. We'll, we'll give a glorified pass to Cross County, but that's as far as we go. <laughs> that's as far as we go. So why why he's about to argue this with us? Because I see it in his face. Is <laughs> because he's born and raised in White Plains, and he's like, I'm not upstate. So <laughs> you can't argue with the Bronx boys right now. You're three against one. He's getting ready. Oh, shut, shut up, Lawrence. Don't tell me the odds. Um, <laughs> so basically, yeah. So that's that. So we last place we were, we were in Rhode Island, and we we're still planning on. Essentially, we're going to go all the way up to Maine, circle back, then head down East Coast. Basically, we're going to do a supernatural style road tour. Where we're just going to hit a lot of um, points, and essentially for us, it's just about um, you know telling like because again. Uh, there's so many stories and it's it's for us it's about research it's about entertainment Uh, we always do our best to be respectful especially with true crimes Um, you know we do our best to be respectful to the victims um, the victims families Um, not so much respect for the murderers of course but you know there's still some human beings so we're not you know die in hell you pieces of shit but you know normally it's we do poke our fun because we're very funny people Mm -hmm. so we do that we hype other podcasts Um, what's what's been the most interesting like podcast or segment so far the one that you were like most taken aback from um I mean, there were, there's a lot. I, I didn't realize how, like, first thing first, I will say this, New York is fucked. Oh my God. There's a reason Ghostbusters happened in New York. There's enough <laughs> spiritual activity there for about a thousand years. And then we wouldn't even dent half of it. Um, I feel like for me, uh, one of the stories that stuck out was there was a hotel in Rhode Island that was built by a Satanist. What? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just oh. like, I was like, he was a known Satanist and he had built places for temples, blood rituals, all this stuff in the hotel. So I was like, okay, so we're going to go to Motel 6 if we're in Rhode Island now. So just, you know, doing that. Um, it's always interesting because you, you don't realize. I think the funny thing, gentlemen, is that what you don't realize is that the history really forms a lot of this stuff. Because a lot of the, my research um, happens 1700s, 1800s, you know. British soldiers, civil war and stuff, you know, violence usually precedes a lot of supernatural incidences. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it, it's funny because I've been getting back into supernatural and I just feel I was like, I was like, I, I think I've said that to my, my co-host. I was like, we're kind of, we balance a Sam and Dean, Mulder and Scully kind of relationship. Just, you know, there's just a lot more laughter. So Drew, uh, just, but, to, just to uh, confirm, so you and your co-host, you guys drive and travel to these places. 
Oh no, that's the oh, thing. Oh, okay, uh, okay. We, no, 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 We don't have the budget for that. We are, we are. But that would be, you know, that would be a great video please. series. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, the funny thing is that there's a lot of them we've been to. So some okay. of these places that we've investigated, like for instance, um, my co-host addressed the Montauk Lighthouse, which is uh, funny enough. I've actually been there recently, um, which is haunted by a, a specter. And uh, it's, it's so interesting when you go there, because it's one thing to see the research, look at the photos, but when you're there, you're like, whoa. Um, but I think like, especially when I did uh, White Plains, like uh, the Westchester area, of course I addressed places that I remember driving through um, White Plains is a place like Buckout Road, which is, you know, um, pretty amazing. I got to cover my old college, which is of course haunted. So I'm just seeing a lot, it was funny because a lot of places, <laughs> that I've been to in my life. I was like, oh, there's ghosts here, there's ghosts here. I was like, I was like, born to be a ghostbuster. <laughs> so yeah, the podcast, it's usually, uh, what we were doing is we would do long episodes, usually about an hour and a half. And then we did mini episodes because we just wanted to keep giving you your fix. So you'd keep coming back. So, you know, shorter segments for stories that weren't really too long and then longer ones. So it, uh, Honestly, I can't wait to go back because it's it's always such fun. One night we were sitting in um in this kitchen of and point being is we're sitting there and we start talking about Batman and we start from like 60s Batman and we move through each one and we're discussing pros, cons, what we enjoy. Like this is up to up to this point, uh Batman begins was was the, mm. the end trail. Just about so, to come out, or it had just yeah. came out. And we so we we didn't have Dark Knight. We didn't have the disappointment of Dark Knight Rises. We didn't have, in my opinion, the the boring um, anticlimactic Batman versus Superman leading into we're not going to get to Justice League. And then you know now Matt Reeves is Batman. So it was it was essentially a five hour long conversation, and we had we had little we had like we used things out of reach as examples so we took this weird photo of the most bizarre objects there was like a pair of sunglasses and asparagus and salt shakers and things it was like the most yeah. insane collection of grocery items in the world but we had used all of them in our discussion of batman and like in the, the whole table the whole table basically looked like that episode of it's always sunny when he's just like at the like the red lines all across yeah oh yeah yeah it's and, that, and, but on the table with like random, like replacing the salt shaker first. And then we're like, this one is the best one. And we're like, right. this one is like, you know, Valcom or let's say. And they're like, right. no, we got to put this back. And, this one has to go here because this one, ridiculous. It, right. <laughs> and it and what we basically learned that night is that we were nerds and um, we were nerds for Batman. And we've never really regretted that knowledge. And it, it made us closer as friends. Absolutely. You know, so it was it was a real it was a real bro bonding moment. You know, because if anyone's ever met Lawrence, if you were like, if you ever said, "Oh, you you like Batman," I would be like, "Um, Matt Murdock." I feel like even you would notice he likes Batman. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the tattoo doesn't I, give it away. Yeah, yeah, I will ask this of you too, because I, 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 Sebastian, I don't think we ever came this up, and Antonio again, meeting for the first time in your in your mind, what is your favorite Batman movie, and why? So I always go back to Michael Keaton's Batman and there's a deeper reason why it's like, I don't know. I felt like Tim Burton with Michael Keaton who got crapped on a lot. Wait, wait which one? Are we the first one. 
the first Batman movie. 89. Because he got, yeah, he got a lot of crap for that. And then Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker, they just, they took something that people talk so much smack about um, before it started. And when they did Mm -hmm. it, people just, it it really did something for comic book movies. It didn't. Oh, it did. It didn't make them campy. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was, it was good. It was great. Right. And then even now, when you look at Michael Keaton, everybody goes, they always associate him with Batman. And it's like, you kind of see that levels of even him playing, like, it gets a little meta where it's like, you know, you've been the hero for so long that you eventually become the villain. Vulture. Mm. It leads back to like, you know, the whole Nolan movies. And it's like, you see that in Michael Keaton playing this character for so many He's essentially, he's Batman. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, I have to say that, you know, the dark Knight is my favorite Batman movie. Um, you know, just, you know, it, it, it blew my expectations. Um, I wasn't a huge, I will openly admit that I didn't think Heath Ledger was the guy when, um, my, you know, my experience with his work before then was very elementary. And and then I watch it and you just like, he blew my mind, uh, Heath right. Ledger. And Christian Bale was good. I mean, I thought the Bat Voice was a bit much, as always everyone does. But I really did enjoy what they did, uh, what Heath Ledger right. did with the Joker. But um, I have to give an honorable mention to um, Mask of the Phantasm, the Batman animated series. Every uh, day of the week. Well, well um, done, kid. Well done. Because... While I remember, like, I remember watching the Tim Burton movies, you know, because I'm an 89 baby. So, like, I know I've seen them, but the Mm -hmm. first Batman movie that I remember is Mask of the Phantasm. Yep, Christmas 1993, I believe. Yeah. And then the other other, uh, uh, honorable mention is the film adaptations of Frank Miller's. uh, Oh, yeah. Those are... The fact Classic. that he got two movies, it's two hours long. It's it's a it's fantastic. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And 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 Lawrence, I know these answers. But so <laughs> <laughs> has yours changed any point or is um, uh, I don't. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I would say if we go like animated, uh, Return of the Joker mm. is still like really high up there for me. Um, mm. If we go like live action, I would agree with Tone. Uh, the Dark Knight was really that like mm-hmm. melting point of just like everything coming together. Um, us having that discussion, like we we I remember us both listening to the teaser trailer, and we both said we have to hear the laugh before we hear anything else. Like if Absolutely. we hear the like, I don't care what he looks like, I mm-hmm. just need to hear the laugh. Yeah, and Absolutely. I heard the laugh and I was sold. Like I, he could do no wrong after I heard the laugh. You know what I mean? And yeah, I remember yeah, a lot totally. of people like giving him like a lot of flack for it, and like I remember me and Drew just being like, "Nah, like if he if he can properly get into the role, like he did, like he really dove into the role, right? He was gonna like it's it's hard it's hard when people people try to compare all the different types of Batman's and like the villains mm-hmm. that came with it. Do so you have right. like?" The Joker that we saw with Heath Ledger is so dramatically different from the Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson one because they're mm. different. They're different entities. You have the anarchist mm. versus the mobster. Wow. You know, yeah. the, the, and you know they, their punchlines are different. Their mannerisms, their motives, everything that they do, and uh, you know, comes from it, you know, mm. is different. It, it's always in, in conflict with Batman. And uh, I guess for me, you know, I, I basically break down my favorites into three categories. For animated, um, 
no one will ever argue how perfect Mask of the Phantasm is. And um, Batman Beyond's Return of the Joker is, oh, is still amazing simply because of how dark it is. And when you especially watch the unrated cut, you're like, wow. Oh, that unrated crazy. cut. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> it is yeah. dark. It's rough. It's it, it, yeah. it, it is. And then <laughs> for for me, I basically, like I said, two, two categories. So for me, um, I break down like the first four, which is, you know, the two Timber and the two Showmakers. For me, I have a soft spot for returns. I know it's really more of a Tim Burton movie, but I'm also a sucker for Christmas themes. And I think... You know, I really liked that vision of this a very dark, gothic Batman. Um, but I will also say, um, Sebastian, we wouldn't have what we have, Batman movies or whatnot, without Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, that really yeah. set the precedence for everything. And every superhero movie, Marvel or DC, anything has to even just kind of nod even if they're not a big fan of tim burton or batman they have to nod because if that movie didn't happen we wouldn't have the mcu or the dc au or eu whatever so you know if you look at everything before that baby we can that's like a whole like two-part discussion itself yeah before that that's the marvel and dc was putting out was just that's just crazy like you have you have those movies you have like tim burton's two movies and you have just such a camp fest of comic book movies that just come afterwards up until, you know, we right. get the first and the first and second Spider-Man, which are really good. And then you get uh, MCU dot and MCU dives in, but it's just, mm-hmm. you have a really good product in like the late eighties, early nineties. And then it's just like, yeah. no one's taking it. No one really took it seriously and ran right. with it. And they had this wonderful right. product. Yeah. They, they went with, um, they did it with lots of because at that point, but you figure right before 2000, is when we let's say even two thousand five, right, right between then we don't we don't have a lot of you know uh, movies that are really serious or taking the tones of stuff like the Winter Soldier or mm-hmm. you know Batman Begins those kind of tones and right. ran it. We can even get stuff that's you know well, like even Ant Man. Even if say, you look but, at just like even when you look at Blade, Blade at one point, but um after Tim Burton's Batman, Blade. Was right. um, kicking it a high gear we, for comic right. book movies, and then they went back into camp. Um, yeah, with like Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we, we can talk about that another time. Actually, so we, we can't. We can't. Fighting we on can't, the seesaw. We can't. We can't we, so we can't knock Blade and X Men helped carry that torch until we got mm-hmm. to what we know as the MCU today. I always actually had a special spot for Batman Begins because I feel the way they told the origin story was so fantastic. And I mean, yeah, like it has its flaws. Like the, the, the voice is awful. Um, but the way they did uh, the fact, I mean, you have to admire the challenge. I mean, you considered Batman dead. The franchise had been obliterated by Joel Schumacher's movie. And then Christopher Nolan with his, with his script and whatnot, he, he recreated Batman and I think it also brings up a kind of different point. Me and Lawrence have discussed this, where I feel like... Vi- like. And now to thank our sponsors. The Nerds of the Round is brought to you by Enbion. Make sure to use the code GETNERDYWITHIT to get 10% off merchandise and services such as web hosting, printing, and more at enbion.com. For example, let me just segue to this, is that 
some actors, when they're playing superheroes, they're good at, at the one identity, but they're not great at the other. So, for example, we've, we've had this argument with Batman forever. And some people will disagree with me, no which as nerds, we have to acknowledge. Like, you know, one person can be a great Bruce Wayne, but they're not the greatest Batman. So some people make the argument that Keaton was a good Batman, but his Bruce Wayne was somewhat that uh, some people have said maybe it's a little stale or or wooden. Like you would know, like that dude's Batman. That that guy has to be Batman. There's no way he's not. Yeah. He's too weird. And then Christian Bale, it was he's an amazing Bruce Wayne, but his Batman, while intimidating and, and beautiful, um, the voice killed it. Like if and then Affleck, I liked him as Bruce Wayne, but it just, I feel like he was a, he was kind of wasted, his potential was wasted in a so-so movie. Yeah, and, I, I again, agree with you. I, I, yeah, I like Affleck's Bruce Wayne a lot. Yeah, like, you know, because you had this older Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. he's jaded, his, his, his fight clearly isn't working, he's kind of become almost like an anti-bat. That and, opening scene in BVS, to me, is like the best thing in that film. Yeah. Where, where and, Superman's flying through Metropolis and, and, and Bruce Wayne's yeah. running through. You mean the and, Dragon Ball Z fight with collateral damage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> and and it was just annoying to me, you know, because again, I'm glad that now Man Reeves is going to focus on something we haven't seen a lot. We saw some of it in Burton, with um, and some of it in kind of in in, in Nolan. Um, the, we're going to see the detective Batman, and I'm like, great, this is something different. And and this and Sebastian brought it up. I, actually, Sebastian or Antonio, I'm not sure which one of you brought up. People are already crapping on Pattison uh, because they're like, oh, how is Edward going to be? And I was like, guys, you know what? You said the same thing about Ledger. They're like, how is the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You going to be the Joker? And now you see all of them. I mean, people said the same thing about Joaquin Phoenix. They were like, how the hell is this guy going to be the Joker? Now the steps in the Bronx are flooded with photo shoots. Well, you're a writer too. You covered this stuff. Yeah, I, I've I've worked for um, Iron Age Comics. Uh, I was I did a short thing with uh, Combo Resources, which was amazing. And then uh, right now I'm writing for Screen Rant, and it's been uh, everything has been great. I love covering this because now instead of just talking about it when I'm online or when I'm uh, been drinking with people like Lawrence and just sitting down, you know, Lawrence and other nerds. Um, you know, now I'm like, okay, now I can do that. I can talk about this thing and I get paid. So I'm like, Hey, nice. nice. Go for it. Go for it. Um, yeah. So I do that in my spare time and, uh, it's great and it's wonderful. And it's, um, it's just nice to use that natural ability. What are the plans? Cause I know this, but I'm going to put it out there to, to the world. What are the plans, Mr. You know, dual master degrees, all that good fun stuff. I mean, I think literally for me, um, the plan is always, you know, besides, you know, survive. That's usually my general default phrase to people like, oh, how you doing? I'm surviving. It's my Shaun of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> it's my Shaun of the Dead uh, way of, I don't want to talk about it. I'm figuring it out. Leave me alone. Shut up. Right. Um, or just sometimes I'm like, I'm burned out and I'm like, I'm surviving, you know? living life um i just i'm you know looking to work on a career uh you know i think when i was younger you know i i went through all the things oh i want to be a famous comic book writer uh actor all that stuff and then um i just couldn't ever really focus on one thing i thought i'll just be good at everything um it's hard as, work. We, all, as we all do 
and good at everything. So I think right now the thing I'm focusing on is just, you know, a career, uh, hopefully something creative. I've been trying to work on doing kids books for a while. Um, uh, Lawrence, uh, my girlfriend, Angie, and a bunch of people have very much said, you know, Drew, you're basically a big kid. So you might as well write books for other kids like you. And um, be so good. Yeah. So I, I've been working on that uh, for a while. I have a couple of pitches. So I'd like to do that. Of course, I nominate Seabass as the animator. I, of course, love to have a job like that. I could work that full time, but of course I need something to pay the bills. So working on a career and just something that I don't um, want to jump in front of a, a train um, about, about 20 years in. Um, no offense to anyone who's listening who is, has associates who've jumped in front of MTA vehicles, of course. Um and just, you know, live, man. You know, eventually, you know, uh, I think, you know, I'm going to be turning 33 this September. And I feel like, you know, when you, after you cross over 30, things really prioritize. And it, it can happen earlier. You hit certain certain goals. Like certain things become more important than others. Like me and Lawrence, 2015, I think uh, when we were going to all these conventions, I, I said to myself, listen, this is the one year we're going to do all this and it's never going to happen again. It was like, it was like a world tour. You know, yeah. we had an amazing time. But after that, I was just like... Uh, again, essentially, if Drew didn't take me to cons, I will not be where I am today. You're I welcome. would not be there. Because essentially, I, you know, I was in that rough spot. It was like, Come with me to cons, and I was like, "But true, I don't cosplay." He's like, "Yeah, you'll be fine. Just, just bring whatever. Fine. You'll be fine. Just come, <laughs> come, come through." And then, uh, you know, just kept dragging me along. And then I think it was the, yeah, that same year NYCC was when he was like, "All right, you've been to all these cons. This is the big show. I might have to leave you for a few, but you know, you'll be fine. Yeah, Go pretty, pretty and accurate. literally just be floating around, meeting all the friends and all the cool stories and whatnot." And, you know, yeah, eventually, they, eventually then, ending up at NBA with you guys. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, it all it all worked out. But uh, essentially, my point being is that uh, certain things just aren't really as important. You know, like cosplay and stuff has been good to us, and going to con. It's just the older we get, the more we get focused on you know things like you know starting a family, owning a, owning your own place, whether it's an apartment or a house, uh, maintaining that. You know, just. Making other kinds of memories, you I'm know. So proud of think, him. He sounds like such a responsible adult and member of society. That's just where I'm at. I'm just focused on a different direction. I still love going to conventions, and you know, if I go to like one, maybe two a year, going for it, I'm fine with that. It's the same thing. You can ask Lawrence. I was the guy. I'd have a, a traveling suitcase full of comics, and I would get hundreds signed in a weekend. Like I would devote my time, and I've a met thousands. In a weekend, if it was a full I, Actually, the, the correct total for a full weekend in New York Comic Con was 752 books. Thank you very much. But how many did you bring? Probably over <laughs> All right. That's what, you know. Um, We're not talking about... So, to be clear, he brought... Let's estimate between 1,100 and 1,200 in a weekend. Got 750 signed. Still, huge exactly. numbers, a huge, uh, you know, huge accomplishment. But... Yeah. The numbers, man, the numbers. Yeah. This man is about so, his artist alley life. It took <laughs> everything to get him out from the artist alley. It really did. And um, so basically, it, it was great. And I had a lot of great moments. I've met so many amazing combo creators, um, some real greats. And it, Lots of great you know, stories and memories. But exactly. And, 
and but the thing being is Lawrence and and uh, Lawrence and, and company. I think that's the thing is that you realize that that's not the only memory you can make. You can find other great memories. Like life is isn't just about. It's not like in a story, like a fairy tale. They're like this is the end. I was like life is not just okay. That's it. That's the end. There's more. And what you know, the after school special hallmark moment is this. Hey, can you let me finish my thought and then we can get to the nerdy stuff? God, God. Okay, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to show growth and emotional maturity. I know, and I'm so proud of you. I got like little tears. I think that's a first. I think that's a first for the show, Lawrence. So essentially, in the end, it's just about making better memories. So you know, like, like I've always looked at people as like. People are always going to cons. They're like, you could spend this money and you could invest on a road trip. You could a picnic. You could have a house party. You could go to dinner and a movie with some friends. Like, it's not just that. It's one way. It's not. But, but, you, you, have, have, but you have downsides. You like you hit C2E2 this year, which was a big thing because that was like the yeah, farthest you've traveled for a con. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I, so I will say this to you, you guys. I will say this to you guys and anyone listening. C2E2 is the kind of convention that deserves our money and support. It is a wonderful, amazing experience. It felt just like old school New York Comic Con. You could do you could do this and not hit somebody. You know, mm-hmm. you could move, you could breathe. It wasn't you know co- cosplay swamp ass. And stayed at um, the hotel. You know, and, uh, the, you know, hotel great. Oh yeah, yeah. I stayed at a haunted hotel again, proving <laughs> Ghostbuster life. The hotel I stay at, my friend books, it's one of the most haunted places in Chicago. I was just like, this is my life now. Let's go, let's go, let's hope no one gets stabbed. Uh, That's in so Chicago, right? You. Yeah, oh, it's in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, it's Chicago. So it's it's amazing. Met so many great creators, and I was working press, and I got to meet, um, I got to meet, I got to meet Jendi Tartovsky, which for everyone listening. Um, this is a man that we all need to thank for a lot of our childhood because Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls, um, Star Wars, Clone Wars, the animated series. Um, he has a new show on Bill Swim called Primeval. Um, this guy is amazing. I said Dexter's Lab, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. He was amazing. He was, he was like the chill artist grandpa, and he was dope. And I got to meet Joe Hill. Um, for everyone knows that Stephen King's son, where we meet him, looks just like his dad in the past, but he's hilarious. Um, I mean, not saying Stephen King isn't hilarious, but you know, uh, Stephen King. So it's you know, um, <laughs> but it's honestly, guys, you know, life is good. Life is well, life is good, uh, and I'm glad you all are still doing this because. This is like getting out of the house but not leaving the kitchen for me. So this is wonderful. <laughs> so let me ask you this. As you, you got to go to one of the last biggest cons of this year um, yeah. because, you know, COVID. Um, yep. How, as a fan, do you feel about some conventions now are now starting to launch like virtual cons now? I mean, um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I feel like, again, it's, it's, it's a natural evolution because uh, they can you can't go these places right now. There's too much uncertainty. We're still, despite how things have got improved clearly from the early stages, we're still in a, in, a, in a realm of uncertainty. And there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of paranoia because every time we, we hear, oh, it's getting better, we then get files of the article. By the way, cases are rising. So I'm just like, and 
it's a natural progression because it's again, it's for the fans. I mean, yeah, you can't collect an autograph or, you know, meet them in person, but you can still see them and you can still talk to these celebs and hear their stories and experiences and, and stuff. I, I definitely feel like we're obviously, let's be real here, gentlemen. There's not going to be any conventions for the rest of the year until this stuff yeah. is settled. And, and I'm fine with that because I was like, listen, y'all save, do your big builds. You got all the time. So I actually have a question for you guys, you know, again, Ooh. is the first time, um, cause me and Lawrence, we've had, like, what were some of your favorite um, moments at a convention? If you had like one of your top moments at a convention or, or if you're not really a con person, what's an equivalent to something like that? Like Lawrence, I, Kevin Conroy, I know. Um, I, 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 I have a few, I know too. Yeah, I so, have a few, but I'll, I'll let Tom go because you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So um, this one was recently actually. Nice. So uh, last year I went with uh, it was East Coast, right? East Coast Comic Con. Yeah, East Coast Comic Con. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, went to East Coast Comic Con um, to help see Bass for a day, but there nice. was the opportunity to meet Jim Starlin and have him sign my Thanos my Thanos gauntlet. So um, nice, um, and then another moment that was really cool for me um, was. When I used to write for a friend of mine's website, I got press passes to go to um, to uh, uh, New York PAX. City Comic Con 2014. Oh, well, no. oh, PAX, PAX also is a moment in itself as well. So, <laughs> New York, to uh, so New York City Comic Con, I was able to get to the panel where they were doing the third Arkham game, mm-hmm. um, and just getting the just like nice. kind of it was like my first panel, like first panel experience, and I recorded right. the whole thing on, on like my shitty phone. So I could like write about it later on, <laughs> right, uh, and I was course. able to hear. Um, oh man, he's uh, Troy Baker. Uh, he's a really good voice actor. He's really yeah. prominent in video mm-hmm. games. He played the Joker, mm-hmm. so he read a line from The Dark Knight as his Joker. I heard about uh, that because he yeah. was trying to, you know, the Arkham games. Hamill was doing it, so he was trying to kind of have his own way of doing the Hamill's Joker. And ha- hearing right. him do that and hearing him do the laugh was a really was really dope. Uh, it was cool to just see it and be there in person. And then PAX East, uh, which also was 2014, Press Pass. Um, there was this game called Evolve that was coming out. It was a, a 4v1 game where you, you were uh, fighting against this monster. And right. I had an appointment. It was like an 11.30 appointment to go and play the game. So I go mm-hmm. up to the line and say, hey, I've, I've, got a, I've got an 11.30 appointment. They're like, oh, cool, skip all hundreds of these people here. <laughs> and these guys look at me like, Wait, wait, how, how, how did you get here? I'm like, oh, I got a press pass. Yeah, they, so, they, they look at you and they, 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 hate, they hate you because they want to be you. Yeah, and then I ended up playing them and it was cool because I, I was playing them, I was a monster, and I ended up writing an article about that. And then I was able to, that night, I was able to get me and my buddies who I was writing with mm-hmm. uh, into the VIP section of, uh, of a club that was doing oh. a, a party there um, nice. Just by like saying fuck it and going to the door. Hashtag told blazer. Being dressed to the nine because I was, yeah. you know, trying to not, you know, to be dressed and figured, you know, when you dress a certain way, people think you're a certain thing. Right. Um, going up to the door, you know, schmoozing with people. And I eventually got us in and we had open bar and we were just like above on the balcony looking at like the common folk. <laughs> Look at them. Look at them. <laughs> ants everywhere. Yeah. So that was, that was, a, those were some cool <laughs> moments. That's awesome, man. So, Sebastian, what about you? It was a New York City Comic Con, though, where Mm -hmm. I was 
you know, I had some artwork with me and I got to meet Scott Barnett. And nice. with Scott Barnett, um, him, Scott Barnett and Jeff Marzik, they give them a big shout out. They're the creative team mm-hmm. behind Dead Man's Party, which is picked up by Darby Pop Press. Darby Pop Press. Okay. Um, and Scott was just looking at my artwork and we were just talking art um, throughout the whole thing. And that's where my whole journey began in getting into this world of everything. Like, you know, without that conversation with Scott, didn't mm-hmm. know this. Um, and then from there, um, Big Apple Comic Con, um, I met Eric Hutch. And that led into my first Indian Con, which um, was the first time I had tabled. Now, I went okay. from being a fan to tabling. I'm not going to say my cosplay experience was great because I was holding my wife's back. She was dressed as Catwoman and got a lot of like pictures. I was the bag man and, and my hair was just really like, I yeah. hated it. But um, no, it was that experience like, you know, going into like tabling my first time. Mm-hmm. Now, most recently, I would have to say was New York City Comic Con 2019, which mm-hmm. I'm going to thank the team at Rayward Raven for this, was tabling at New York City Comic Con for my first time. And love- mm-hmm. so I went from being the fan so being the rookie to like tabling at this show and just seeing the difference in everything, like, cause I, you know, I went, we, we me and Lowe's had this conversation and, mm-hmm. and me and Tony, we all have had this conversation. We've gone through different stages and going through these conventions. We went as fans, we went as vendors, we went as covering right. the shows. And right. this was just like a big moment. And oh, yeah. it, it was jokes between me, Mark Frankel and Josh, um, members of the Wayward Raven team and we were just joking around the whole weekend. Right. But like we all had each other's back with turn like, you know, it it was like Bro, you remember um that scene in the first episode of The Walking Dead with the zombies mm-hmm. swarming the tank? Yeah. It felt like that at the table with how many people were swar- I, this was the one time I was glad I wasn't walking through New York City Comic Con too. It was packed. But, yeah. yeah, that's that's the moment. Yeah. So Lawrence, you 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 can tell one as well because again, why I mean, not? They've heard it. They've heard it. Uh, you yeah, know, but 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 tell the, tell a different one. Not <laughs> yeah. you know. a different one. All right. Not your Batman right. Beyond ones. Not yeah, my Batman yeah. Beyond ones. Actually, well, you could, um, a fun one is um, getting to be uh, the Reading Rainbow is always like a fun time. Yes. So. Uh, I, I've had like this leftover, you know, rainbow morph suit that I was supposed to wear for a mud run with my sisters. Um, it just never happened for mm-hmm. whatever reason. So uh, one day, like me and Drew was talking about like, you know, what are we going to do with it? What should I do with it? He goes, you should be the ring rainbow. I forgot like if it was like, I should hold a book or something like that. And I was like, no, that's right. on the nose. I was like, what if I put a name tag? And I just say, hey, my name is Reading. Reading. And call mm-hmm. it a day. And just let people like, you know, go for it. Right. The first time I wore it, I was at my sister's place for like a Halloween thing, and then I went downtown to a, a cosplay a Halloween party. And everyone loved and it. And it was one of those like moments where everyone started like you get all your drunk friends who are looking at you, knowing that you're in cosplay but have no idea what you are, and then when it hits them, it's just like, oh my god! And I was, you know, it's the most like fun I've had in a cosplay at, at least up until that point 
for so you know such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, every once in a while, I was like, you know, I'll wear it here, I'll wear it there, mostly for parties because the, the drunk reactions were my favorite reactions. Um, don't forget, you also were reading Rainbow for Pride one year. If I'm, I if I'm was correct, reading right? Rainbow for Pride. Yes, I uh, took a picture with my buddy uh, Dax, uh, posted online, tagged Reading Rainbow, called it a day. Lo and behold, Reading Rainbow, not only did they like my photo, Reading Rainbow reposted my photo and was like, this is my favorite, you know, Reading Rainbow, blah, 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 the second, third. And I was like, wait, what? Which, you know, if you look at the headline, you know, it says LeVar Burton also, like, you know, does the social media with them. Right. Oh, that's awesome. A couple months later, it's like National Reading Day. And um, this is on Facebook. On Facebook, I was like reading Rainbow, I was telling you guys to read da 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 sign third, and the same person, or I guess, was just like, "Oh, still our favorite cosplay." And I was like, "Oh, it was done. <laughs> it was and so awesome." Lawrence, I went to a convention, and uh, it was a Star Trek convention, and Lavar was there, and he had reading Rainbow print, and I was like, "I don't care how much it is, sir." I loved your program. My mother wants to thank you because you helped so many kids and teachers with encouraging reading. And I showed LeVar the photo of Lawrence's reading and he hands out and said, that is the most amazing thing I've seen today. Tell your friend, <laughs> thank you so much. And he signed it and and I didn't tell Laura. I, no, I called Lawrence and I, and I sent him. I couldn't pick up because I like, just missed this call because of work or something. Like I was yeah, yeah. in the middle of something and I was like, what happened, what happened? I was supposed and, to be and, there at that convention with him, but I had work. Like I literally yeah, like, got pulled and, in last second. And and, uh, and I, I swear to God, I've never, like, I could, like, there were so many exclamation points coming out of the, oh my God, I felt like it was going to burst out of screen and hit me in the nose. Like it was, it was, it was very 60s Batman. I've been working with a lot of DC groups and whatnot, and, and um, I'm a collector. My collection ranges about 4,000 comics, and I'm a weird fan. I like individual issues. I like knowing that I have all of a series because I'm a completionist. So I like you know starting from the beginning within reason because I'm not going to buy Spider-Man from the 60s and all the way up now because that's ridiculous. Um, all of those are great. But, you know, props to those guys that work. And uh, one of my favorite series was this obscure 90s comic called Starman. And um, it's honestly, if anyone is looking for how great DC used to be, I mean, DC is still good, but there was a time when DC stories were baller um, and amazing. And Starman is one of them. And it's this kid who is a, a superhero legacy, but he wants nothing to do with it. And he, he begrudgingly, because you know how comic books work you know you can say you don't want it fate will have a different path for you whatever uh, um and he he goes to this story i mean he's like i'm gonna be i'm gonna follow legacy but i'm gonna do it on my rules and it's the first superhero you see he doesn't have powers he he doesn't have a costume he dresses in street clothes he has this glowing staff he's got goggles on He's a he's, he's star man. His only star is he got a thing on his jacket and a little sheriff star. And he does horror, aliens, time travel. He works with Batman. He works with Superman, the Justice League, Justice Society, all this stuff. It's it's 
a series that I cannot tell you is so well written. We did it's it's among some of the best DC comics I own. And um, both creators are going to be at a convention. And I've been working like with Lawrence. I work with other cosplay groups because um, I, I have the knowledge, and I'm like, oh, this would be great, you know, and stuff. I never put together my own group, so I I put together his own group. It was the most stressful thing I've done cosplay wise because. I'm working, I'm trying to encourage people, hey, do this obscure character that no one's ever fucking heard of. And of course, you know, cosplayers like attention. So if no one is going to know who the hell this is, you know, why are they going to do it? But fortunately, I, I was able to get a lot of good people um, in part of it. And I had a group of about 13 cosplayers, which as Lawrence knows and Sebastian knows, that that's a pretty big group. So, yeah. And I'm coordinating schedules, I'm doing research, I'm all this stuff. And the day of the convention happens, I sleep four hours. Um, I, as cosplayers know, I pack at my food because we cannot eat because we're so goddamn excited. I drive to Jersey. Um, I'm dressed, I'm wearing this costume. This is like my new updated costume. Our friend, uh, Teddy, redid my Star Rod, which is like the, the staff thing. And um, I have all... <laughs> I, I have all the books. There's like a hundred books I'm bringing because both these guys are there and they, they work through the whole book. So I'm like, I want them to sign it all. And, and everyone's there and everyone looks fantastic and they're great. And we meet the writer, James Robinson. And when I tell you he was blown away, he looked so happy because it's, it's one thing to, to see people, like to see people and they, you, they do the book to see the characters you worked on standing in line, holding the issues that they were featured in for you to sign is just a completely other thing. And he looked so happy. He took a photo with us. He signed everybody's books. He, I mean, he's British, so he's very polite. Um, and him and the, the artist, Tony Harris, they were blown away. They took photos with us, posted on their Instagram. And, um, well, I sat at their Starman panel. Um, James gave us a shout out, but it was for me. It wasn't just that he acknowledged my group and he signed all my books, all hundred and forty-two and no charge. So I, I got all this for free. And, and Tony Harris did the same thing. It's that James acknowledged me by name. So he was like, "I want to thank Drew and the cosplayers." So it wasn't just thank you, Starman. It was me. And I got to sit with him for a bit and I got to talk to him and his extremely gorgeous wife, like, holy crap, good for you, buddy. And um, it's honestly, I'm telling you, man, I was sleep deprived. I didn't eat all day. I'm running on so much goddamn adrenaline. I was about to drop. It was the happiest I've been in a convention probably worth it. ever. And to this day, I still repost that photo and I still tag everybody, and some of those people I still talk to, some of those people don't, but I always have that one photo. And to me, that's really what it's worth it. So you guys have your moments, you know, and it's not just, you know, you know, and that's what makes it great, you know? And other people can have the same, I was like, that's awesome, you know? Cool, but that's your moment. So, you know, that was yeah, so that was that was that was that. And guys, seriously though, thank you so much for having me. This is oh, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Let us really know fun. where we can find you. Well, actually, we'll post your digits on. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just go right ahead. Let random nerds. Yeah, you you post my my address and my zip code, and you know I can <laughs> give you my parents we'll, we'll too. Put your, we'll put your blood type. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, positive. Uh, I got uh, my eyes are screwed up. I'm six two. I'm way too overweight. You know, <laughs> I'm losing my hair. Like I I can give you a list of my fears. Oh, I, I can do the whole thing, man. I can give you family trees, all that. Again, that's uh, ancestry.com. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where can we find? Where can we find your podcast? Where can we find uh, yeah. your Instagram handle? All that good fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, all, all that fun stuff. All right. So, uh, Drew Mallo, uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Ghostbuster Man, nineteen eighty four, because that's what felt good at the time. Now it's so much more. Um, the web, the podcast is uh, Strange Little Worlds. That's Strange Space Little. The word little, not L-I-L, worlds. Uh, we are on um, a bunch of platforms, Google, Spotify, and uh, a bunch of stuff that my co-host always remembered. I completely forgot. But um, look us up on Facebook. Everything's there. And I'm on Screen Rant. Look me up. I don't, you know, boost my, my views so I get more money. Um, or don't. Whatever. <laughs> and um, everybody here is awesome. You're all great. You know, hopefully awesome. this is the first of many cameos. Maybe next time, Tony, I see you, you'll have a goatee and Lawrence <laughs> just be hair. Um, <laughs> you know, and Sebastian, I, I don't know, more, less? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, 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 a it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. You know. You can find us on Twitter at the Nerds OTR, on Facebook, and on Instagram at the Nerds of the Round. And you can find us in all of your favorite podcasting needs whether that's anchor spotify or itunes we also have a youtube channel the nerds of the round check us out there as we always like to say we love to hear from our listeners our viewers give a like a comment a retweet a share let's connect let's chat let's get nerdy with it but thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate it uh, thank you, know, you for coming on awesome. again, yeah thank you um, have a good night stay nerdy and yes. uh, yeah it's good that's stay nerdy stay nerdy, nerdy guys